Good morning. I'm Pastor Joe Faldet. Um, today I'm going to be talking about Cain and Abel and really the prophecy that God gives to Cain. And the reason that I wanted to do that is because on Sunday was our scripture reading and I was asked the question because I made an offhand comment that said something like it's interesting to see how God's prophecies fulfilled in Cain's life. And I was asked, well, what do you mean by that? So I'm going to read through the story of Cain and Abel, and then I'm going to focus on the prophecy at the end. And we're going to talk about that a little bit and how we see prophecies fulfilled. So let's begin. We open in Jesus' name. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother, Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit to the ground, and Abel also brought to the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. When he built a city, he called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. So, what do we do with this? So the prophecy then that I want to focus on is towards the end of this and is after Cain killed Abel. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? So the first thing that I want to draw your attention to is as sin enters into our lives, because this is important to us as, as Christians, this is important to us as humans, and I'm anticipating that the people watching this are Christians. Uh, and so this isn't going to be evangelistic. But rather, this is going to be explanatory, and I'm going to try to apply it. So as, as sin enters into our lives, the first temptation we have is the exact same, exact same temptation that Adam and Eve had, and that's to hide, to cover themselves. And so here, Cain is covering himself with a lie, and that lie is, I don't know. So the lies, then, we tell lies, we tell half-truths, we misdirect in order to cover up that thing that we are ashamed of. But the Lord doesn't allow that. Because the Lord sees through our lies and he sees through our attempts to hide. 
Am I my brother's keeper? He, Cain redirects the question. Like, that's not my responsibility. Am I supposed to be keeping him? And so Cain redirects. Cain lies. He says, no, I don't know. And then God points his finger in there and he says, here's your sin. And God does that by saying, and the Lord said, what have you done? So the Lord knows. So did Cain's lie do him any good? No. We can't lie to the Lord. We can lie to ourselves. We can try to excuse ourselves. But the Lord knows and the Lord sees. He sees through our lies. He sees through our excuses. And he calls us then to be honest with him because what point is there in lying to God outside of trying to make ourselves feel better? But even when we do that, God points through those lies and he hits us in our conscience and he says, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. So this is the great promise to anybody who has been victimized by anyone in any manner. And this is why we who have been hurt can forgive because that sin still cries to the Lord. I don't have to get vengeance for it. I can trust God to get vengeance for it. I can trust God to have payback. I can trust God to remember it. I can trust God to see it. Now, if God forgives someone their sin, what right do I have to hold it against them if God forgives them? So I then have two options whenever I sin because we see here, and now I feel like I'm going off on a rabbit trail. I apologize for that because it's not the point. But nevertheless, it needs to be remembered. Sins cry out to God. And so if I have been hurt by someone, I can bring that to the Lord. Say, Lord, that's in your hands now. I forgive. I will forgive. Because you've called me to. Because God calls us to forgive regardless of the sin. He says, vengeance is mine. So let's keep going. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And so who is doing the cursing now? It's the ground. You are cursed from the ground. Is it God telling him, you are no longer allowed to work the ground? No, it's the ground that is cursing Cain because the ground received Abel's blood. And so the ground is cursing Cain. And you're like, well, what does this mean? How is this anthropomorphization, right? That's a big word. Why do we think of the ground as a person? That's what anthropomorphization, thinking about something as if it's a person, a human, anthro meaning human, man, whatever. Um, but that, this is how God is interacting with this. And I don't understand all of the interplay here um, at all. <laughs> and I'll be honest. Nevertheless, this is how it is being spoken of by God. And so it needs to be taken seriously then. So the ground is cursing Cain. The ground is saying, Cain, I reject you. You gave me your brother's blood. And I reject you. Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. So this is the condemnation of God. And so Cain is condemned to be a, a hunter-gatherer at this point. Uh, the, you can't work the ground. You can't settle. You can't create a civilization. It's not going to work for you. You're not going to be able to be a farmer anymore. The ground has cursed you. The ground has rejected you. 
because you shed your brother's blood upon it. And is this God imputing, bringing upon Cain a curse? No, I don't see that at all, not in this passage. It's not that God is bringing this punishment upon Cain. It's not that he is uh, an alien imputation of a curse. It's, you know, we talk in Christianity of, or in Protestantism, I should say, of the imputation of Christ's righteousness. Christ's righteousness comes upon us. It's not mine by right, uh, but Christ brings it upon me. It's something that's outside of me and it comes upon me. So also here, this curse is not some imputation of, of condemnation. It's not God bringing upon Cain something that didn't come naturally from himself, but rather this was the fruit of his ways. And now the ground has rejected him. And since the ground has rejected Cain, he is no longer able to be an agriculturalist. But Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. So is that true? Cain might be feeling this, but we know because of what Paul says. We know because of what Paul says. Cain didn't have this privilege. So Cain could have come to the Lord and said, is this a punishment greater than I can bear? But he doesn't. He reacts to the punishment and he says, this is a punishment beyond what I can bear. Paul tells us that we will not be tried beyond our capacity. You know, Mother Teresa famously quips, I wish God didn't trust me so much then. But we'll not be tempted beyond our capacity to bear. And so Cain also here is not being tried. He's not being tempted beyond his capacity to bear. God's goal in this, in revealing this truth to Cain, is to bring Cain back in repentance. To bring Cain back to him. That's God's goal. How do we know that? Because this is what God tells us. You know, God tells us in uh, 1 Peter 3 that God is patient with you, you Christian, not wishing any to perish, but that all would come to repentance. This is God's aim and this is God's goal. So why does God tell Cain this? Because God is being angry and mean. No, to bring Cain back in repentance to him. Come back to me. This is what's going to happen. This is what's happening. Come back to me. So that's the idea. But Cain doesn't do that. Cain then says, this is too great for me to bear. It's too much. God, I can't handle this. But does he do anything about it? No. No, Cain is just reacting to this. His, his emotions are reacting and he's following them out of anger, out of, out of sullenness, out of despisal of God. Behold, you have driven me today from the ground. Wait. What? Who did this? The ground rejected you, Cain. Cain is saying, no, it wasn't me. It's you. It's God's fault. My sin shouldn't have these consequences. My deception, my lies, my lying to Abel, my, my jealousy, my anger towards Abel shouldn't have these consequences. This is your fault, God. I did what I thought was right. Because everybody does what they think is right at some level. People don't sin because they think it's wrong. They think it's right. They've convinced themselves or they've been convinced that it's right. And so they live in these sins. They walk in these sins, in these deceptions, in these lies, in these hardness of hearts. They do that. And then when the consequences are what they don't like, they first complain, and then they blame God. It's God's fault. 
Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. Did God ever drive him away from himself? No, he just expressed the reality of what's going on here. This is what prophecy is. Prophecy isn't bringing something new. Prophecy is a revelation of the pattern that you're on. This is the path that you're on. And Cain says, I'm going to be hidden from you. Who's doing the hiding here? Did God reject Cain? No, God came to Cain. Notice that. God pursued Cain. And then the Lord said to Cain, who's the one making the approach here? God. God's making the approach. God's coming to Cain. Cain says, no, I'm going to be hidden from you now. Well, why? Because Cain doesn't want God. He doesn't want someone who disapproves of him in his life. And so Cain hides from God. But not only does Cain hide from God, Cain also has to hide from all the people who represent God. Everybody who represents this disapproval, Cain then hides from. And he leaves and he goes east of Eden to the land of Nod. He has to leave his family. He has to leave his friends. He has to leave his company and get out of there. Because his deed was not approved of. And so now Cain is living in his sullenness. Cain is living in his shame. Cain is living in his sin because he has not acknowledged that what he did and the way he did it was wrong. So this is how the prophecy is fulfilled. The ground has rejected you. You're going to be a fugitive and a wanderer. Well, why is he going to be a fugitive and a wanderer? Not because it's something that God did to him. And not even because of the ground's rejection. But because of his rejection of the consequences of his sin. Cain is running. He is running away from the consequences of his own sin. He's not owning it, ever. He's not repenting of it, ever. He's not confessing it at all. He hasn't acknowledged yet that what he did was wrong. He hasn't acknowledged that what the ground is saying is right. He hasn't acknowledged this. He hasn't confessed. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Wait, what? That's not true. But that's his reaction. Everybody hates me. And now we see the sullenness of this. We see how Satan works. This is how Satan works in our lives too. And so when our con- the consequences of our sin are brought to us, we have two options here. Are we going to confess it or are we going to walk the way of Cain? Because now whenever Cain is interacting with people, what's going to happen? There's going to be this separation. The sin acts as a wedge in relationships. It always does until it's acknowledged, until it's dealt with. Sin always acts as a wedge. Whatever that sin is, it always acts as a wedge. Because until it is brought, until the, until the sin is confessed, until it's forgiven, it's always going to be a weight. It's always going to be a weight on the person who's, dealt it, who's done it, who's committed it. It's always going to be a weight. 
And so on their side, that's going to push them away. Behold, you have driven me today from the ground. Not at all. That's Cain. That's the ground. That's his fault. I shall be a fugitive and wander on the earth. Whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. So what's God doing here? God is revealing his grace and his mercy towards Cain. He says, No, that is not the way that this is supposed to be. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. We don't know what this mark is. People make all sorts of ridiculous um, assumptions about it. We don't have any idea. And that's, that's fine. Let's leave that in the realm of the unknown. But what's going on here? God is revealing to Cain his mercy. And so even while Cain leaves, leaves the presence of the Lord, leaves the presence of all the people who love the Lord, leaves the presence of those who want to bear witness to him who are living with the Lord, when Cain leaves, this mark still resides on him. And that is a constant reminder towards Cain. God is protecting me. God is protecting me. God is protecting me. But yet Cain never comes back. Because Cain refuses to repent. And so God's prophecy towards Cain here, what is it? Is it God bringing a curse upon Cain? No, God is revealing the curse that the ground has brought on Cain because of Cain's sin. Now we're told in the book of Proverbs that a curse without cause will not alight. And so it will not land. It won't sit on you. And so could this curse have been removed from Cain? Yeah. If God forgave Cain, would the ground have any grounds, any reason to condemn him? No. That curse would no longer alight. And this could be redeemed. The fellowship could be reunited. It could be restored. So it's interesting how this plays out. God's revelation of the curse that Cain brought upon himself by sinning against his brother and against the ground. Made Cain reject God, even though God at this point was just a messenger on behalf of the ground. So Cain fulfilled it because of his own hardness of heart. And that's often how prophecies of curses become fulfilled. People reject the truth. They reject the curse. They reject God and go deeper into their sins in order to prove God wrong. So with that, if there is something weighing on your heart, if there is some sin in your life, don't just brush it off. Make it right. Confess it. If you have sinned against someone, confess it. Repent of it. Turn from it. But don't just turn from it and expect everything to be fine. You have to confess it. You can't just stop doing it and expect all the consequences to leave. 
You have to confess it and seek repentance from and seek forgiveness from God and forgiveness from the people that you sinned against. Otherwise, you will be driven from the ground, your livelihood, the thing that you love. You will be driven from the people that you love and you will be driven from the Lord himself due to the hardness of your heart, not due to the hardness of anyone else's. But if you repent and if you confess, then those curses have no power over your life because they have been forgiven and that's been removed. That's been removed by God and that's been removed by the people that offer you forgiveness that you have sinned against. Now, even if they don't offer you forgiveness, now that's on them and God will hold them to account for that. So don't worry about that. Well, if even if I ask for forgiveness, they're not going to forgive me. So that's their sin, not yours. And their sin does not give you an excuse to sin. If you have any questions, type them in the comments. Ask. These things aren't that complicated. They're really very simple. We're called to live them out. We're called to live them out so that we can have fellowship with the Lord and walk in the light as he is in the light. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray this for me and for all those who hear. If there is sin in our lives, Lord, if there is hurt that we have caused others, that we have not repented of, confessed before you and before them, I ask that you would reveal it to us and that you'd open our eyes and our hearts to it, that we might be more open to you. Lord, that we would draw near to you, that you might draw near to us. Guide us that we might walk in these truths to the glory of your name and out of love for you and out of love for your kingdom. Lord, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.